0: Welcome to Dietitian Boss. My name is Libby Rothschild. I'm the CEO and founder of the Dietitian Boss Method. Our company is here to help you get started in private practice even before you think you're ready. I've created a proprietary process to help you increase visibility, create organic content, enroll clients into an offer, and learn sales skills that don't even feel salesy. Listen every week to your colleagues as they're being interviewed and we chat about their progress and success from when they got it started from zero to all the way to creating million-dollar businesses and beyond.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm here today with our wonderful director of operations, Sarah. And uh, together, we support our clients, uh, both at the beginning stages when they're starting their business and as they're scaling up. Uh, One of Sarah's expertises, although she's great at many things, is hiring. And we did an episode on the 101 of hiring where she spelled out some great tactical tips and also talked about some emotional barriers. Today, we're going to go into the 201. So welcome today, Sarah. Hi. Super happy to have you here.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to be here.
1: So I got a bullet point list <laughs> of um some uh t- t- common things that we see for our yeah. clients who are not 101. So if you haven't listened to the 101 episode, right. um please go listen to that that we that we publish where we talk about some of the and I hate to use the word basic, it's just stuff at the beginning when you're making your first few hires that are um common things. And now we're going to go a little bit more into the scenario where you've already made your first hire or you' you've maybe it didn't work and now you want to know the 201. So the first thing I know Sarah wants to talk about is process. So can you talk about the significance yes. of what process means at this level?
2: Yeah. So first of all, at this level of hiring, it's great to have a hiring process and, um, just, you know, the steps outlined of what you're going to do, because it's going to be the same process as you hire over and over. So if you are, are scaling and looking to grow things bigger, it's going to be easier if you have this documented and you know what, what steps are involved. So having your hiring process, um, is, is definitely important. And, uh, I usually say that it's going to take about 30 days to complete the hiring process. So it's always great to be sure you're planning that time um, in your calendar and knowing that's how long it's going to take to get through it to get that, the right person hired.
1: What are one mistake you see or you've seen with our clients who are lacking process when it comes to hiring?
2: Um, I, you know, I would say it's that because they haven't created a hiring process, they're not thinking through the steps and they get to where they're rushing through it. I mean, I see that, I know we talked about it in the one-on-one, but I see it even when people are further along, they just, they just want to get somebody quickly and they just rush through it and they may ask around, do a few interviews, bring somebody on. And because they didn't really have a process, a lot of times they don't hire the right person.
1: And I don't know if the listeners truly understand the negative impacts of that. So can you share yeah. what why is that so bad to rush the process? What are the deleterious effects of the company and your, your own mindset as CEO to rush
2: it? Oh well, I mean, from my perspective, and mine may be a little bit different than than yours, Libby, just because I I'm the one usually carrying out the hiring process. Mm-hmm. But if if I was to bring somebody on too quickly and not go through the process. Um, the time and energy it takes, and the resources to hire them and onboard them, and then it doesn't work out, and then you have to let them go, and then you have to offboard, and then you have to do it again. It takes a lot of. It ends up taking way more time and way more energy um, when you rush than it would have if you would have just followed the process.
1: So uh, I love that your answer is very operational. <laughs> yeah. Right? So my answer is is very much that um, I get look physically depressed when we can't carry out the growth plan of the company. So for for me uh, to not have the projects be carried out, um, and we see this with our our clients as well. One of our clients is looking to get a sales associate and she can't staff up fast enough. Um, and so that means that she, you know, has to either fill the role herself or she has to slow down on, on, uh, actualizing her goals. Um, so that would be an example of, of, from my point of view, uh, if you, once you have a strategy, uh, if it's slowed down because that person, um, isn't a fit or you haven't filled it or it went south, uh, that that's what happens. Um, yeah. so, two perspectives from an operational standpoint and from a strategic implement. Well, they're both implementation standpoint. Um, Yeah. Okay. So then, um, we talked about process super important. You gave a timeline that's helpful. Um, I think this is going to be so, such a good episode for the listeners. <laughs> I think this is really great, whether they're at the beginning or they just want to kind of get a sense of what it's like for dietitians yeah. and in a virtual world, right? Cause you've, you've been doing this virtually for 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. is makes you, and this fantastic fit to help our clients. And then you, you, know, this yeah. is the role that you also fill in our company. Um, so let's talk a little bit about a test project. What does that mean? How do you do it? Can you give us the you know, 101 of what a test project is?
2: Yeah. So a test project definitely is part of my hiring pro- the pr- hiring process to follow. And I take this, I actually usually think about this um, before I even start you know, finding applicants. So a test project is is what it sounds like. It's to kind of test people, help evaluate people. And so one of the very simple ones that's very common and a a lot of our clients have talked to them about using is if you're going to hire somebody, let's say, for customer service, they're going to be helping, you know, email clients, respond to clients' questions. Um, The test project would be you typing up an email. And I like it to be an email where maybe somebody's a little upset, uh, might be a little challenging. And you could use an actual email you've received if you take any identifying information off. I've, I've done that. Um, but really, you just take that email and you will have applicants uh, respond, give you how they would answer that. And so, you know, it does, it does a few things. Um, but before I answer what all that does... Um, that's part of the hiring process. So I decide early on what the test project's going to be, um, before I actually give that test project, one of the really important steps is having, um, an online questionnaire so that you can have applicants fill that out. Um, so once you have, uh, figured out what role you need and you've created that job description, um, a Google form is the easiest thing to do. And, uh, the reason I suggest, that our client to do this is because if they're using social media to try to get applicants, um, you could have so many emails coming in to sort through. And by having a form, you have it organized all in one place. It feeds into a spreadsheet. It makes it so easy for you to go through all of your applicants so you don't lose information. Um, you can see who has the skill set you need. So I would highly recommend um, to anybody listening, just like I do with our clients, to fill to create that Google form with questions, you know, and it's it's things like name and time zone, um, and, and you'll go into uh, what experience they need to have, you know, list any software, any data, any information that would be helpful
1: for you to then
2: evaluate the results um, to narrow it down and identify who you're going to give a test project to.
1: And I would say for those of you that are, if you're feeling intimidated by this, even though you broke that down beautifully, thank you, Sarah, Mm -hmm. it's a similar uh, function as to the application for a sales call, right? So you're having people Mm -hmm. fill out a questionnaire, answer questions online, the same idea, but instead of them filling out an application to talk to you about paying you to be in your program or your service... Uh, they would be, uh, you know, staff member. So it's Definitely. the same type of funnel, although mm-hmm. you're filling a, a different need in a different role. So, so for those of you listening who are at the stage, you've already done this. You just did it for a sales call, and now you're doing it to yeah. um, gather information about a potential staff member. So I hope that makes the listeners mm-hmm. feel a little more at ease, knowing that it's something similar. It's a similar function that they've done in the past that they can tweak. Yeah yeah yeah, um, awesome. Uh, so you you talked about process um, you, you mentioned test project and you talked about the significance of having an online questionnaire and that that's what people should do to get things organized and standardized right which mm-hmm. is important in this process. yeah. I do want to mention that before we press play, we we talked about uh, the differences between employee and contractor. And we're Mm going to have a separate episode uh, with our lawyer on that because um, in this company, we want to make sure that we stay within our scope and anything that has to do with licensure or that has to do with employee versus contractor or that even has to do with like your state and taxes needs to be referred to the appropriate person so that we yeah. can stay within our scope of business coaching. So that being said, we're we're going to uh, not touch on the employee versus contractor today and we can in another episode with the appropriate professional to make sure that we're directing you in, in the best way possible. So we want to stay in our lane the same way, you know, that you might want to stay within your scope of practice. Um, okay. Now that I address that, can we talk about the first 30 or the first 30, 60, 90 days, assuming when you have someone who is a decent fit, then what, right? You got them in, in the company. Now what do you do?
2: Yeah, and I do just want to touch on before we go into the onboarding and what those first 30, 60, 90 days look like, because I did mention the test project and the questionnaire, and I realized some listeners could be thinking, well, wait, what what do I do with that test project? Um, I do just want to clarify that after you um, are going through the applicants that have filled out your form, uh, whichever, if there's 10 that are a great fit, email all 10 of them and ask them to just uh, draft a response to that test project. Um, And then, you know, you get that back. Um, you can, you learn how quickly somebody responds to emails. Um, if they take a few days, it's probably somebody that uh, you wouldn't want, want on your team. Um, but based on those responses, you then interview the top ones and then uh, you know, make an offer to the top candidates. And then that leads you to the onboarding, which um, we're going to talk about now. And I often see this overlooked when hiring.
1: Thank you uh, for for mentioning that. Really, really appreciate you giving those tactical steps. And in our program, uh, we support you with that um so yeah. you support every step of the way in this process which is something that's new for many of you and uh, you want to be you know, ethical and, and work with people in a way that represents your brand and you also want to make sure you that you're getting stuff done in the company so knowing how important hiring is i'm really really proud that not only does our company support that but we have sarah because this is not i will be very honest hiring is not my best quality it's not the thing i'm best at i am not a hiring expert Um, And Sarah is, Um, it's something I know I've learned how to do, and it has not been, um, you know, something that I would say I am the best at because all the steps Sarah's mentioning are things that she is naturally great at. And it just takes a lot of work for me to be disciplined And uh, methodical and document oriented, um, but Sarah's taught me a lot, and I'm so (laughs) proud that we can help you in this company uh, with her as a resource here to support you. Because you know you have to be able to learn how to do this to to scale your company and help more people and and reach your goals. Even if you're you know you just want to make a few hires, it doesn't matter if you're making a few or a lot. You still need to understand how to do this um, in a way that aligns with your values in your company. Um, So can you talk talk a little bit before we wrap? Of this episode about management and onboarding yeah. and management in the first, uh, let's say just 90 days.
2: Yeah. So I see this look overlooked quite often. And the first suggestion that I give anyone is make sure you're just having a regular weekly meeting with that person you've brought on. Um, even, even if you feel like they know how to do it and they're good to go, it, it could be a 20 minute meeting every week. It doesn't have to be long. But it's really important to have that check-in to see, do they have questions? Are they feeling supported? Is there anything they're not clear about? Um, Because if that person, let's say you've done that for 30 days and you think, oh, well, you know, they're good in this role. They don't need, we don't need these meetings anymore. What I've seen happen is when you don't continue that, um, that person ends up not feeling uh, very appreciated and they don't feel very connected to you or the business. And they'll usually end up leaving. So it's important to keep that ongoing, those weekly meetings, but especially in the first 90 days, um, as well as letting them know that you're aware they're learning, you understand things might take longer, and that you would appreciate any feedback on um, how you can support them more and how you can make things better so that they're with you for
1: the long term. It takes a lot of patience. Yes. A A lot lot of patience. (laughs) Um, you are such a master at this, Sarah. So I'm so glad that you're here to share this on the interview. Um, what would you say before we wrap up in the last minute or two, one, uh, mistake or thing you've seen owners, um, do that is bad. And then one thing you've seen owners do that you're like, Oh, I wish y'all did more of that. Right. When I say owners, I do mean, you know, dietitians, the, the owner, founder of the business.
2: Oh, let's see. If I was to think with hiring and onboarding, the one thing, the biggest thing I would say that I've seen is once you've made the hire feeling like they're not good enough, they're not doing it right. Um, I would say that's the biggest mistake I've seen made. Um, If the person you've hired is not doing it right, it's probably because you didn't communicate clearly how you wanted it done in the first place. Um, I would say that's the biggest and most valuable piece of advice I could give. Um, and an example would be, is if you had somebody answering your customer support and you told them to reply to someone and that's all you said, and they replied, but then you said the reply was wrong. Well, technically they did what you said, they replied. And so if you wanted them to have replied in a certain way, that would be something that, um, you should have drafted for them or you
1: should have told them what to say.
2: So it's just,
1: go ahead. What that sounds like to me, though, is a lack of process, right? Because if you're telling someone yes. to do something, you don't ever. So is this really and most
2: don't have processes though?
1: Well, the I so- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean so- founders are not notorious for having amazing processes or right. documentation exactly. Um, so, so, okay. So yeah. combination of maybe lack of process and assumption that people, I mean, communication, right. So yeah. like assuming people know things and yeah, no, I get it. So just that keeping cause, that in
2: mind and, and being, yeah. being open and rolling and realizing that it's, you know, it's going to be a learning experience and that's where the patience comes in.
1: <laughs> okay. And so that's one thing but, you would like to see more owners do or more, yeah. more dieticians. And what's one thing that you're like, oh I wish y'all did more of that.
0: Oh, let's
2: see if I, I love when I see, um, because I know we do this, but, uh, shouting out other team members or giving gratitude saying like, Hey, you did great at XYZ. Um, Oh, I just love when I see somebody doing that about one of their team members and, uh, doing that just a little bit more is just going to get even better results and those team members are going to feel so appreciated and they're want to go want to go above and beyond for you
1: yeah, great tactical advice there about what you wish we you know, dietitians did more of and did less of. So thank you. This is a really helpful uh episode for the 201. And if you haven't listened to the 101 episode, make sure to find that and listen to both. And then shout us out on social media, dietitian boss. Let us know that you listened to this, what parts stood out, and what more you'd like us to address in a future episode because we're here for you. We're here to support you with efforts that are free content will help create more private practice operators. And for those of you who are looking for more support, join us in Executive and reach out. And we've got two programs that can help you uh, reach your needs uh, with starting and growing your private practice.
0: We are so excited to offer you support in our various programs. If you identify as a beginner and you're looking to lay down the foundations, our society program might a great fit for you. I encourage you to go to dietitianboss.com under group coaching and apply for our experience, our transformative experience based off of my proprietary system called the Dietitian Boss Method.